Welcome to Trust the Journey. I'm Melanie Curtis. And I'm Jason Maletsky. Our mission is to live, laugh, love, and learn together with you. We're here to create conscious connections, to grow and contribute through our practice of openness, honesty, vulnerability, humility, and trust. Trusting the entire journey. That's right. Trust the journey all the way to our social media team. <laughs> if you're on the internet, trustthejourney.today uh, is our handle on all of the places where one would be. Uh, yeah, like, subscribe, comment. The podcast reaches more people if we get five-star reviews and and text reviews. So if you're inspired to give one of those, we welcome that. If you want to join us in the Trust the Journey family, where we more intimately connect and support each other, go to the website, trustthejourney.today, scroll down, donate on Patreon in any amount, and we'll join, we'll get you into that private Facebook group. And thank you for supporting us by listening. We really do appreciate you, our audience. You are the other half of this whole equation and you're our, our polarity. So thank you for being here and for all your comments and all your shares and all the replies back from you that we get about the episodes. It really does touch us and it's such a huge value. Uh, we'd also like to thank our editor, Kimberly Joy Voice, for taking over the editing, posting the show, dealing with all of our little details that we need taken care of. She's just great. And if you need any podcasting editing services, she is available. And you can reach out to her at Kimberly Joy Voice, and she'll be glad to help you out. Yeah, right on, family. So let's dive in. Today, we're talking about insights and integration from our work with plant medicine. And not that we haven't talked about this before, obviously we have, we're wanting to come at it from the perspective of what are some key insights that we have taken from the work that we have done in that realm? And how has the integration looked? Because the integration is such a key and critical part of growth and healing is it's that notion of if we don't change anything in our lives, nothing will change. We can have an insight, but if we don't implement it into changed action or changed behavior or changed thinking, then nothing is going to actually change in our lives. So we wanted to take a heartier look at that. And that's what we're going to, going to do today. So I was just about to ask, and then you, already started going there, you gave a definition, would you say that that definition is a full synopsis of what integration means? That's a great question. I don't even know. I, you know, I feel like that, I feel like that to me, the concept when somebody says, are you going to integrate? And you're like, well, that's a pretty vague concept unless we define it. Yeah, for sure. Let's define it more clearly. I think that's a great idea. So you've said initially, sorry, uh, taking, at least I'll put, I'll paraphrase. Yeah, yeah. And I'm happy to say more for sure. I'll paraphrase. Taking what you've learned and making it become part of your life. Yeah. You know, I, I'm a huge proponent of the action. I've said this for a long time, long before I did any work with plant medicines, but in just my own personal development journey, that inspiration is nothing without the action to back it up. 
So if we're looking to heal and we're looking to grow and we're looking to make change in any lane or area of our lives or selves, it implies change occurs. You know, it it implies there's some difference, some transformation. You know, what is what is transformation? It implies that you are not the same as you were before. So the thing with getting an insight from a ceremony is that, yeah, you might feel changed for a month or whatever, but it's very easy for the old default mode network to come back in, the old mindsets to take over. It's not like just because we feel transformed in a in a ceremony that that's going to necessarily stick without our putting effort into cultivating those mindsets that we capture with some frequency, like for me, for example, how, how I prepared for this episode, which is I didn't do anything because part of my integration is every single major insight that I've ever gotten from my ceremonial work is in my face every day. So I see it with frequency. It's not that I engage it and read it every single day, but it's very readily available for me to look over and go, oh yeah, Oh, okay. Slow down. Copy that. What does that look like today? And then I ask myself, what does that actually look like in action in my life now in this scenario that I may be challenged with or in just in general, because I want to be doing that and I'm committed to being that in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I completely hear you. The whole concept of integration, really, this this thing where we're like, okay, I learned a lesson, I've or or I've been, sh- uh, there's an insight. Really, there's a. I feel like there's a difference between truly learning a lesson and receiving an insight, right? Like the concept that, oh, okay, I have a different point of view. I'm able to see something from another perspective, but does that actually mean that I have changed any of my behavior patterns that are the ones that lead me down the roads that I want to stop going down? And that's, it's a very different concept, right? The two things are not the same thing at all. I've very much seen in my own life, a prime example, like this is one that I know virtually anybody could relate to, which is why I'm going to use it. I can go on a diet, lose some weight, get a, you know, get a structure for myself where I'm like, I see the change that I want to see and then immediately revert back to the eating habits that got me to a place that I wasn't happy with. And that pattern repeating itself where we're like our consciousness of the actions that led us there we kind of like turn the numb meter up so that we're like, ah, just don't pay attention to those things. And I'll just go back to these patterns that are not serving me because I'd really just rather have the comfort of this cookie right now, you know? And so that is not fully integrating the value of why I went down that road in the first place. And oh man, the worst one was smoking cigarettes. Oh, Ugh. What a tricky one for that, the whole concept. And it's not even addiction anymore here. It's really, truly like we grow a a part of our psyche, a part of our spirit, a part of our being grows in a certain way to where like, I'm ready to let go of this. I'm ready to shed this. And we make some conscious awareness that that is no longer something that we want. And then 
it's not quite developed enough. It's not quite grown enough to own that decision under every situation we might find ourselves in when things get stressful or when we're tired or whatever the circumstance might be, the variables change and that part of us isn't integrated or developed enough as part of our daily and whole being self that we slip into our old behaviors again without awareness of it. And it sneaks in. Like yeah. It totally sneaks. Oh, like, it yeah. sneaks in. Oh, it sneaks in. I think you point to something important too about integration is not perfection. You know, the path to integration is messy too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh my God. Yeah. I, I, I'd like <laughs> to think that's obvious, but I don't want to assume that that is obvious just because one has an insight in a ceremony or in some kind of breakthrough, whether it's in ceremony or not. Ugh. And I see this so often with life coaching clients too, and myself also back in the day, I no longer, I no longer operate this way, but the idea that if I have had an insight one time, I should automatically have it nailed. And the feeling guilty and feeling bad when we still falter. And I, so I want to really normalize that the faltering is part of the integration process. So yeah, I mean, for example, if I'm looking over here at my my insights, um, run, some of the very f- first, the very first ones that I got from my very first psilocybin ceremony when I was very scared to even try this work, but I had learned a lot over the course of, you know, four years. I talked a lot with my best friend who's done a lot of this work, a lot of this facilitation. So I'd gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, I feel safe, safe enough to, to try this, even though I'm still terrified. The main insight was I am loved and supported and safe like that. The medicine reiterated those things for me in a major way, because without that, I couldn't get to anything else. I had to be reassured. And it gave that to me so that I could give it to myself in the future. You know, so when I feel fear, when I feel myself being triggered, when I feel myself getting attached to outcomes emotionally in my life, I can look back to that and I can, I can immediately sort of rest into the comfort of that knowing I am loved, I am supported, I am safe. So like that core fundamental thing, the thing that came after that for me was you don't have to do anything. (laughs) So the medicine was telling me, girl, you, you just, you don't have to do anything. So it pointed to this really uh, performative and uh, overly productive, the high achiever in me that's like, oh, I'm only safe and loved and supported if I'm high achieving, if I'm doing all this stuff that is worthy of praise or is worthy of love or is worthy of whatever. And it was also relative to perfectionism in the ceremony where I was like, oh my God, what do I do? I want to get the most of, I want to get the most out of this ceremony. You know, my, my, my stuff is coming up. Like, I want to get the most out of this. I want to do it right. I want to do it right. The medicine's like, you don't have to do anything. So that goes back to being worthy and loved and supported and enough for just existing. 
for just fucking existing. So that's been a big one as well. Again, this, this first ceremony for me, it was super fundamental, fundamental insights that allowed me to even be able to access further work. The other thing that I got in the first ceremony was slow down, was that, that frenetic energy of like, I got to rush. I'm missing. I'm uh, uh, like this, that sort of frenetic energy that I was like, oh, I'm missing something or I'm not, you know, that type of tone. The medicine was like a lot of just like slow, slow down, just like coaching me to be still coaching me to allow myself to simply be And then the interesting thing that on the heels of that allowance of slowing down, there's a lot more certainly to the ceremony that comes out in the details of stories, but I had a very notable experience. And I know I have other people have had this before. I didn't know this until after the fact, but I had a very notable experience of feeling like I was being born. And like having this experience of like, be like a being a baby. And I'd cried and cried and cried and cried and cried and cried and and purged so much emotion. And it was one of those things like the medicine was like, that's good. You're good. You, you don't need to, you know, do that anymore. And what it meant was it was more that like being a victim type of tears because tears are great and wonderful and good and necessary. But it was more this idea of like the baby. <laughs> I don't know if it makes sense. Hard to describe. Uh, but in so be after sort of being like born, it sounds so weird. I was like starting to be in my body in this slow and sensual way where I was just slowly feeling the movement. And so that was another sort of directive that I got out of that first ceremony was to feel the sensuality in every movement, which was very tied to slowing down, being present and living now versus being in my mind elsewhere and further down the path. That's really beautiful. Thanks. Yeah. It's really special, simple things, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fundamental things that I needed in order to get anywhere else. So these are insights, Mm -hmm. right? These are insights. How have you been able to, or how have you seen the integration of those things affect your life? Or when have you been able to identify within yourself that you're not recognizing those insights and finding yourself in a place of somewhere in your mind that's the old you and not that newborn person. Yeah. Oh God, many times. <laughs> many, many times. I've lots of times I have forgotten entirely. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah, that insight. So it's like I re-remember it. That's why I keep them in front of my face. But I mean, I'm not always sitting here in my desk chair in my office. So I'm not always going to necessarily be seeing this, this list of stuff. So the finding ways to engage it with regularity helps. Like how do, how do we keep it top of mind? You know what I mean? So how I keep it top of mind is the, is this 
this posting of these things. And I know I'm in this space enough that that level of frequency feels good enough to me. You know what I mean? Like it feels like a good Mm -hmm. enough effort. Like I don't need to go crazy. I could maybe put it in my to-do list. You know what I mean? Something I also engage very regularly. So I've done that with, with insights as well to keep them top of mind. The reason I say top of mind is because that's the only way I have found in myself to be able to access them when I am triggered. Because the whole point is, for me at least in the, these instances is why do I need to be reminded I am loved and supported and safe? It's for when I feel afraid in my life, for when I feel disconnected in my life, for when I feel those things, when I I need to be able to access that reminder. So the question is, how will you be able to access your reminders as well? And then that's usually the time when it, we are most challenged to be able to remember Correct. those things. If we're in a situation where we're feeling fear, we're feeling challenge, remembering that we are loved and we are held and we are cared for and we have nothing to fear is pretty difficult to do sometimes based on the upbringing that we've had and the emotional experience that our pattern has been throughout our lives. Correct. Yeah. We think we'll be able to access it most of the time far better than we actually can, which is why I say, where is it in your face all the time? How much are you engaging it? Because only with that sort of elevated level of engagement with the new insight, with the idea, the new thought, the effort to retrench that neural pathway to continue to trench it, Will we be able to easily access it when we are challenged? I was up on a rock the other day Mm -hmm. with some friends. We were out for a hike. And one of my friends is quite new to the space of hiking up steeper rock faces and, you know, a little bit of exposure where you could fall. Mm -hmm. And it was really interesting experience because I can remember you know, plus 20 years ago, being just on the rocks on the other side of the valley from where we were and being really challenged mentally by the approach to where we were trying to access and getting really in my head about it, you know, like really just letting the emotional experience totally take over my physical body. And my physical body starting to get locked up and being just stuck. Mm-hmm. And I watched my friend go through this very similar experience and make their way through it and be able to surmount the obstacle, but not without a lot of uh, whimpering, crying, fear, mm-hmm. uh, you know, near panic you know, letting out vocal expression, you know, even saying I'm falling, you know, when they weren't actually falling Mm -hmm. and standing there myself and and thinking, wow, you know, I totally experienced, I remember this. I remember this whole thing. And then once they had finished, I just walked up the place that they went by. And it's just a having gained the experience to know through enough repetition, 20 years of repetition to go, I don't actually have to be afraid here. Yeah. This isn't something I really need to place this much 
emotional and spiritual energy around because the risk isn't really that high where and but it largely it's because it's an unfamiliar space yeah you know and i just don't have the practice to be able to i truly truly measure and evaluate am i at risk here and i think largely that whole concept of can i stay in this place of going slow can I stay in this place of you, you can relax, you don't have to be afraid, you know, can I do that? It comes with time, it comes with the practice of and that, and that. So that integration has taken me 20 years oh, yeah. to get to a point where I'm like, yeah, this isn't really something that triggers me anymore unless I get to that point that's just a little closer to my edge. Yeah. You know, and it may there be might be a friend who stands next to me and goes, that's really not that hard if you just stop being so afraid. <laughs> I you know? know, I know. Right? But it's, it's normal. God, it's normal to be afraid, too. Oh, man. Yeah. And it's oh, yeah, God. But it, like integrating going slow, like slowing down. It's a key. It's a note. Like I'll notice the feeling of tension in my chest. I will notice the narrowing of my vision. And there's this tight feeling that I feel in my body. And I'm rushing, I'm trying, or I will make some small kind of error where, and I mean that not in a judgmental way, meaning I will drop something. I will type something weird. I will press send on an email when it's not done. Like some small error will occur. And if I'm in this state, I will notice it and I'll be like, okay, slow down. And that's when I like, those are, that's an example of how I have, how I've been able to integrate slowing down is noticing when I am not going slow <sighs> i know what I, i'm not going slow enough come on I know. I'm to go, no i'm just whirling around like crazy and we were talking about the universe before getting on this episode we were talking about the universe being all like fucking comedian <laughs> Mm. I mean, I feel like that is so comical. I feel like I've seen that in lots of things. I mean, even in the realm of dating, for example, being like, you know, this is a very common uh, thought for people who are single. And this is, I see this in my life coaching clients as well, where you want it to happen. You it's uh, Right. But that's certainly connected to an unhealed part of us that needs something that's not there yet. You know what mm. I mean? And so the universe going like, you're not going to get anything until you like are really willing to slow down, you know, and then you sort of have to see the comedy in that. At least, I mean, you don't have to, but I choose to. <laughs> I think it's quite funny when the universe does that. And it's like, nope, not until you get this. Are you going to be rewarded? Are you going to earn? And it sounds kind of bad, but I mean it in a positive sense. Are you going to earn? Are you going to be freed from this thing that actually is holding you back from that thing that you want? It's our own concept and idea, right? Like we own our entire reality is just a construct of our concepts. Absolutely. What's something that sticks out for you from your work? 
Oh, that's so interesting. When I heard you start listing off yours, I was like, I don't have my insights all written down around me. I have tried to make them part of my everyday by affirming them vocally, outwardly to the world, by echoing them through the work that I do and the efforts that I choose to make in my life. And there, but there is a value to continuing to re-uptake them through visual means that's a really powerful thing and there was funny as like i almost grabbed i have like a little uh, greeting card that i put up on my bathroom mirror just the other day um, because it had a saying on it that was inspirational in a way where it's something i need to continue to remind myself of you know we all do that we leave ourselves a little note I've got one of those little cards around here somewhere that I just picked up the other day. It's right here. I'm going to read it because it's one of these. And I absolutely love these. Thank you for shining your light. You are the only you there will ever be. You are magnificently exquisite and truly unique. You are beautiful and you are loved. Mm. And this is just a little card that somebody handed me. At a gathering. Love that. Beautiful people. And myself and friends have handed these out similar things to people, just little reminders. I put this reminder on my wall and I have to, I first want to touch on that concept of like surrounding ourselves with reminders is, is a really powerful process. And I think um, there's other versions of that too. You know, the whole story we hear when we were a kid about, tie a string around your finger so you don't forget yep i've been trying to embody that in uh, a more slightly more artistic way Mm -hmm. and to just adorn myself with things that remind me so this little ring Mm -hmm. right here is uh, a ring done by an artist uh, named allison gray Mm -hmm. and it's a her and her husband alex her partner Nice. Are both visionary artists. And so I wear this jewelry uh, to remind me of the ether and the infinite and to keep me in touch with everything that's going on. And this little guy here, if anybody knows what that is, that's the all seeing eye, you know, and that's, again, another reminder that I've got on me on a right now, every single day basis to be like, hey, stay connected to this source, stay connected to the deeper understanding. And I've gone ahead and taken that another level. And if you know me, you know, I've got ink all over my body. And that ink is specifically curated to keep me connected to my concepts that I have attained as far as insight through my experiences with plant medicines. So when I look in the mirror, I cannot escape that my chest is covered with a great big sign to remind me and to inform the world and to open the conversation to anybody who wants to open the conversation. And I would have to say that the number of times that people have spoken to me because of the art that I wear is in the hundreds or thousands of times. And it immediately invokes a space where we can now approach the topics and there's a place for that. And so these visual reminders are in different ways. But they're there just the same. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's a huge, powerful integration tactic 
You know what I mean? If we're trying to impart some integration tactics, I would say that is a huge one is how do we, how do we represent these things in our space such that they are in our lives and brains with frequency. So I'll go in another step and there's, uh, this is, I'm going to come kind of jump to like a bigger space. Do it. One of the insights that I've learned is all is one. All is one. There is only one thing and everything is in within it and everything is a version of it. And that's me and that's you and that's everything that ever has been and everything that ever will be. It's all just one source. And that source is love. And source is loving and nurturing and caring. And I've struggled because there's also the darkness. There's also this experience, which is, oh, that's scary. And that's hatred. And that's angry. And that's evil. And that's uh, all fear. And so there's this polarity that exists in our existence that is both sides and that there's this horrible scary things that we experience there's the holocaust and there's war and there's all this stuff and you're like well how can that also be part of the one that is all love and that's been really complex and challenging for me to get a mental grasp on Mm -hmm. and i think that's been my biggest challenge up until a little while ago where i spent a lot of my life really tortured with the concepts that I've been taught as a young person and what I saw happening around me and how those two things didn't make sense together. How could things Mm. be all loving and caring and then there still be all these horrible things where people kill babies? I don't get this. This doesn't make any sense. And I've received some insights about polarity and about the nature of the universe and what exactly is happening here. And the whole concept of polarization meaning that there's a black and a white, there's a positive and a negative, there's a equal and opposite of everything is a well-known fact within our world of science and physics and emotions. There's love and there's fear. Mm -hmm. There's day and there's night. There's life and there's death. You know, it's just this core concept of being and not being. And so I try to represent this concept within my own self by bringing this white and black Mm. either ends of the spectrum, knowing that there's one side there's dark and the other side there's light. And in between there's every single color in the Mm. rainbow and every variation that exists. And that's perfect. That's exactly the way that this is supposed to be. I struggled for so long with the concept of how can things be so confusing and so out of whack and it's actually not it's actually perfect everything is exactly perfect the way it's supposed to be and it's only me that was struggling with accepting that yeah and that the grand design includes all the things that i chose to deem as something related to fear but the, uh, yeah oh fear yeah. <laughs> well Gosh, one of the stories that I shared, and this is more on the micro, but I think it points back to the macro. I think we access the macro through our micro experiences. And 
I think there's, yeah, I feel like it is, is part, part of the integration process for me, I think is also allowing myself a deep and real look at things that are very specific to me. You know what I mean? That, that are very micro and this is an interesting just polarity to what you just shared. Um, the story that I shared on the podcast in my spirituality episode, uh, it was about my gram and how I really struggled with how she passed. I could easily might cry. <laughs> um, how I really struggled with how she left this plane still like really hard for me to think about, even though, <laughs> even though I have spent time with her, like in this ceremony, she was there, but part of that ceremony, what I was realizing, and this I didn't share on the other podcast episode, because it was a little too much for me to share, but, and it's, it's not too much for me to share now, even though I'm feeling emotional. It's emotional because it's wonderful. <laughs> um, building it up. But um, I recognized the fear of that pain and the fear of losing my own mom. And that I was in this sort of like you know, fearful state around, oh my God, when this happens for me, you know, when my mom, <laughs> like, sorry for me even to say it out loud. It's like, whoo, um, am I going to be strong enough to be with her? You know, because part of the experience with my gram's passing was my mom was right there with her. And I'm like the empathetic experience, <sighs> the empathetic experience of imagining what my mom was feeling at that moment and then connecting to this and getting this idea and getting this notion that because I went back to that memory and my gram was there in ceremony, I was like, Oh my God, like, okay, like you're here. And she showed me how strong and capable I actually am. And that when that time comes, I'm going to be able to handle it. But the bigger integration piece is that I realized how much that fear was blocking my relationship with my mom, that I would be always a little bit afraid. Oh my God, I have to make the most of this time with her. Oh my God, oh my God, what if this is the last time I see my mom? You know, there was always a little bit of like fear between us, which is a, that's a fucking tragedy if you ask me. And so to get that insight, that to almost go through the experience of losing my mom, of like seeing that and crying again, I've cried so many tears in ceremony, I can't even tell you. 
hours and hours of unexpressed sadness being expressed. But yeah, to have that experience to really get, I'm going to be okay, and I'm going to be able to handle that, and I'm going to be able to be there for her and be strong for her. It transformed my relationship with my mom. Like, really, I, I now can actually be present with my mom and just be grateful for all the time that I have with her, just so thankful that I have any time with her. The reason I'm sharing this story is because this week a friend lost their mom and there was a text thread with some other friends and they were talking about how sad they were when they lost their mom and how painful that was. And it makes me really truly grateful for having had this experience in ceremony, for having gotten this insight such that while my mom is still here, I can actually integrate that insight and be be with her in a real and authentic way. So that's a huge, huge, like powerful, specific example of what happens when fear is cleared out of the way and how and when love can actually lead. So to circle all the way back to your original point about love. Thank you for sharing that. It's such a beautiful insight in itself. I have to reflect on it as kind of a greater context for my, for myself and for the audience and our listeners. The whole idea of death being a fearful thing, yep. that there being a finality and an end point and yep. something, especially in our um, American or North American culture, the Western world culture surrounding death, we don't celebrate it. You know, yep. it's a very kind of negatively viewed end, you know, yep. so this, and one of the insights that I've received in my plant medicine journey in this life. And it's something that's continued to be reiterated in my own deep consciousness, you know, where I, when I really sit with myself, I'm like, I don't really see this as being final. I truly and wholly believe that our energy always exists and that death is just an experience. And it's just a transformation from one form to another. And this body that I'm in right now is not the only body I'll ever have. And it's not the only body I've ever had. And we'll continue to have other versions of ourselves that may look like one infinite number of lives. But that, like that single context in itself of, okay, I don't need to fear death. I don't need to go through every day of my life in a shadow of fear because of this looming end point that I don't know when it's coming. Yep. And as soon as we like, as soon as I have come to terms with that as being something I just don't attach to anymore, then it's so much easier to be present. The connections make are so much deeper. Like you're talking about with your mom, where I'm able to so honestly and truthfully engage because I'm not living in that fear of attachment because of fear of fear of loss. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. I, I have to say that the, I mean, in one of my experiences with plant medicine, I actually just had like an, in an instant, 
it's amazing how this med- these medicines yeah, can work. It but really is. In an instant, in like one microsecond, just like in the Matrix when he like goes into the architecture and he's like, I need to learn Kung Fu. And all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> and all of a sudden he knows Kung Fu, right? right. And has the whole, the whole experience happens in, in a microsecond. Well, I had that same type of experience with dying. Mm. But it, I've had the experience of dying a few different times. This one was... I'm going to try dying every single way there is to die. And from slowly passing away, like in the comfort of your own bed to like being vaporized into a cloud of mist. Poof. Wow. You know, and everything in between all in one instant. And, and then this feeling of like, and I'm still here. Wow. Immediately following it. It's just, and I'm still here. And this is just, how it feels to change from this to this, but the core of me just continues to exist. I want to share on another one how this really anchored for me in a beautiful way. It was actually a, uh, what is this called again? It's a hypnosis uh, transgression. Yeah. A hypnotic uh, session. Regression? Regression. Regress- yes, regression. Yeah. Hypnotic yep. regression. Yeah. So I went for a hypnotic regression ceremony and Amazing. laid back and went into the, you know, the deepest state of hypnosis that I'm aware that I've ever been in and with a guide and walked through this experience that I had. And within it, I lived a number of lives. And one of the lives was that of a wolf. Mm. And the only reason I figured it out was because I was looking down. I could see images with my eyes and I could, it were within my mind. And I saw uh, the ground was, first of all, really close. Like I felt like I was a lot closer to the ground than normal mm-hmm. because my binocular vision was like, why am I like two feet off the ground? Kind of thing. <laughs> right, this is, right. I feel short, you know, <laughs> right. but I feel like I have the same like. I can see and feel everything around me, but I'm really close to the ground. I'm like, am I am I laying down? Am I on my hands and knees? And then I saw my paws and then I was like, oh, well, look at that. I'm a wolf. That's you know? so cool. Yeah. And I had this, again, a compressed life experience that included all kinds of different aspects of a full life um, with a pack and with bitches and the pups and the whole journey. And it ended in my own passing and witnessing my own death and experiencing my own death as a as a beautiful, restful, oh, just laying down in snow and tired and think I'm going to go to sleep now. Wow. And I feel tired. I'm going to go to sleep. And, you know, just really just passing into a different state of mind. It's, and it let me feel like the same sensation, like, oh, yeah, every night I do that. I die every night. Mm-hmm. Every night I lay down and I let go. Mm. of everything that is and i let go of this attachment that i have to this version of reality and this consciousness that i deem as me and i completely hand over the control that i think i have and this is going to bring me back around to another one of my key insights that i wanted to share you touched on uh, i am loved and i'm held and i have a couple right at the top of my list and if you've listen to the show at all you've heard me say it's my two values are love and gratitude and those two pieces have been given to me as insights through my plant medicine experiences and they have taught me 
that I am love and I am gratitude. And I am also suspended in those as in everything around me is also love and gratitude. And all I have to do is remember those things and relax and just breathe. Mm. The, I've been in through experiences that were so intense that the only way that I was going to get through it is to relax and just breathe. Yeah. If I did anything else, I'm going to so quickly attach to fear. And so much, I'll just fight, you know, fight everything, you know, and this whole concept of relax, just breathe. And we have you, this whole thing is for you. This whole thing is for you. This whole consciousness experience is for you. And that we have you is literally like, we're actually doing this all for you. Like we literally, you're not even choosing to breathe right now. The breathing was happening for you. Like when I go to sleep at night or when I'm busy doing something else, I don't think about breathing. Breathing just happens. Cell reproduction just happens. You know, my body exchanging oxygen uh, to turn it into the, Uh, platelets in my blood and to do all the things that need to happen this is all just happening i'm not doing this yeah i'm not in charge something of a greater power has me and is holding me and is doing all the things that need doing and all i gotta do is just relax and just breathe and we got you yeah i think you point to something very important as it relates to integration as well, is that from the life coaching perspective, and I keep bringing that up because this is where I have a lot of practice and integration work for myself, working with my own coaches and people, and also working with other people as they work to integrate their own stuff. But why I bring that up is affirmation you know what I mean? I don't know if people have heard that term, but the the idea of affirmations is that we have an idea in it is some kind of positive or reaffirming or aff- affirming thought that helps us change an old mindset or whatever. So, so Jay, you're talking about something really huge in terms of you had an experience that helped you believe that. So that's where I'm going is that Mm -hmm. one thing plant medicine has done for me is helped me believe this stuff such Mm. that when I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah, I'm feeling attached to fear because like I feel like you just described something every person on the planet has experienced when we're going through something intense. And if I don't relax, I will immediately attach to fear and completely tense up and whatever comes with when we do that, which is usually not great stuff. I mean, I've, you know, we've all had that experience a million times. And so again, this, this, this concept of what does integration look like? So, okay. Yeah. I'm talking to someone or I'm talking to myself. I'm like, okay, just think this, just think this, you know, for example, you know, the belief of you're going to be alone forever. That's a very classic belief when people are looking for a partner, right? They're looking for some kind of connection. Maybe it's in the friend realm. Maybe they don't have a lot of friends or whatever. But this 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 idea of 
I'm going to be alone. And there's feet, that's fear thought. It's not that you can just be like, I'm not going to be alone forever. (laughs) Or like people love me. If you don't believe that it's very hard to access the support in that sentiment. So I love that what you're going toward is this idea and we haven't really talked about it, but like this idea of how do we actually believe this stuff is that we have a big enough and most deep enough and transformative enough experience with the idea that we're like, that's fucking true. And I can say this like, for example, for example, (laughs) what, (laughs) what? That's fucking true. (laughs) (laughs) And not even plant medicine ceremonies. You can look around your life and collect evidence. Like for when I was in my experience of divorce and heartbreak, and I was really navigating the challenge of that broken identity and all of the things that came with that phase of my life. I mean, I think about Shannon and Carolyn and my other people that showed up for me that were fucking there for me. And that I always think back to that even now, even now being far past that period and phase and emotional experience of my life. And I'm like, that serves as assistance for me to believe and know in my whole being that I am loved and I am supported and I am safe, which reaffirms what I got in ceremony. So it's like, oh, get it from ceremony, get it from evidence of your life. But how are you going to believe the thing that's going to support you? I would ask yourself that question and figure out how to access that in a deeper way, whether it's through an experiential thing like like a ceremony or whether it's through a deeper conversation with someone you love, whether it's putting yourself out there in a way that you have not in the past so that you experience vulnerability and connection like you haven't before, et cetera. I absolutely echo what you're saying. Yeah. Uh... Sorry, just getting fidgety here. My chair just moved on me. (laughs) (sighs) One of the insights that I've received is everything is perfect. Mm. This is all perfect the way it is. And that one's hard to always hold on to. When things are going good, it's easy, right? You're like, yeah, this is perfect. It's when it's hard that that one's a little trickier to get a hold of, but it's really fun to play with. Yeah. And to really grip it, to like dig into, really love it, especially when I know that I'm around other people who also have an insight awareness of this, where we're like, oh, we're on the hard part now. Cool. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Cool. Or Let's like, the oh, where's the value here? Like, what's the opportunity? What, what's? I know the positive values here. So where is it? I just announced this like hunt for what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's really fun actually to try and find that value. Try and find that like, oh well, yeah, this is just the part that where the universe is trying to trick us into getting of being afraid. Yep. Yeah. Totally. Oh, yeah. the, oh the universe. <laughs> so I'd put these two insights next to each other because they're so intimately connected. 
And this one is really powerful for me. And I fail at this one a lot. And it's part of the reason why I circled and underlined it. And when I find myself failing to remember or recognize that I'm in the middle of this and I go, oh, shit. And basically just go, damn it. Yeah. Okay. I'm out. I figured it out. I'm out. You know, like it's just like suddenly finding the door when you've been trying to escape a situation and you're like, oh, yeah, I locked myself in here. And <laughs> right. the the insight is you are being tested. Mm. This is all just a test. Mm. This is all an opportunity to grow and level up and recognize that you're just by recognizing that we're being challenged, that there's a test that's it's like all of a sudden you're like oh wait a second um i was just sat down to do a test here and at any time i can step away from it and go back to my life you know and no longer be lost in whatever the challenge is it's been so powerful and man i mean i have struggled with this especially when it comes to forgetting it it's just yeah. a complete forget, <laughs> like completely forget. And as soon as I, rem- I remind myself or I remember again, I'm like, you're being tested. You're like, oh, oh. yeah. Oh, yeah. Suddenly yeah. all the lights are on. You know? Oh, my God. Well, pff, speaking to something that I am in integrating now that is not necessarily going that well. Makes <laughs> oh. <laughs> me laugh. Oh God, the joys of being human is, uh, last time I did ceremony, I brought, I was curious to look at my relationship with food and, and hunger specifically. And one of the insights that I took away, which isn't like necessarily wild, doesn't sound wildly deep and profound, but it's a directive. It's a simple directive. And and that is to be with the hunger. So one of my habits is that as soon as I feel hungry, I'll just eat something, you know, like I'm, I will just graze and inevitably I eat too much and I I'll overeat. And I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I know, I know, you know, so I've been, I've been trying, you know, really not necessarily very well, but sometimes probably one third, maybe one quarter, maybe one eighth. It depends. Like it's like, it depends on the level of success I'm having in any given sort of week or whatever, where I will feel the hunger and I will simply be with it. I'll allow it. But there's so, there's this interesting, intense feeling uh, like of, oh my God, oh my God, I, oh my God, I need, I need food, you know, I need food. It's like comical almost because I don't need food. I'm not going to starve and die like I can, you know, so that's something that I'm, I'm actually in the process of integrating around and I'm in the messy, comical nonsense of it all. So there you go, team. Yeah, (laughs) that one gets all of us. I've, I've had that experience numerous times myself. I've watched friends and you know, oh, I got to eat something right now and get into the panic mode. And all of a sudden, like, if I don't eat something, my blood sugar is going to crash. And you're like, you could just not eat for the whole day and you would be fine. 
<laughs> you know, it could actually not eat for a few days and you'll be fine. Right. Nothing's going to happen. It's, it's fine. It's not going to change much, really. It's, it's amazing how powerful the programming is. The, oh, the body and our and our trained response. I think that that's a big thing of it is like uh, there's a there's a scientific term for that just slipped my mind where if you a patterned response patterned response yeah. so if you teach a rat a trick you know by always doing the same thing you you know you give them this challenge and you give them this reward you give them this challenge you give them this reward a monkey a rat whatever yeah, yeah. then they'll grow furious and get really upset if they don't receive that reward mm. in the pattern you know and this is a similar thing with our own pattern behaviors and eating being one of those at the very top of the list i feel this trigger for hunger and i satiate mm-hmm. and, you know and i and i that's it and if i don't then there's some other part of me that gets really you know emotionally <laughs> responsive to this and I'm like whoa so i'm gonna touch on one of them that glows for me brightly Go, please. So, uh, self-awareness mm-hmm. and this whole uh relax and just breathe idea it's hilarious. I laugh at like, oh my gosh, it's so simple sometimes. And it makes it so complicated. <laughs> Relax and just breathe. That's why I keep laughing. I'm like, oh, Jesus. I know. It's so, it's, we make it just <laughs> oh so God. complicated, you know? <laughs> right. Relax and just breathe. I could just sit here and just breathe and just be <laughs> observant of myself. What's that called? What's that practice? When you just sit there and you just breathe and you just observe your own thoughts? Uh, meditation. meditation. Yeah, yeah, it's called meditation, right? Yeah. So there's this thing, right? Well, there's this whole skill set around like just breathing and observing my own thoughts. And there's a whole practice that we can do, which will help us to understand ourselves better and to become more in touch with our feelings and emotions. And so... <laughs> It's hilarious to me that something as simple as like, oh, I just sit and relax and breathe. And what can happen in meditation? You get all furious or you get into some like chain of thoughts and like (laughs) find yourself down this like rabbit hole of like something or somebody or someplace or whatever happened or is going to happen or how. And all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, I'm just sitting here. Yeah. I'm actually just sitting here on a chair or on a pillow or on my bed. And none of this is actually going on. And actually, I'm actually just in my room. And then I go, whoa, whoa. I mean, a second ago in my head, I was embattled with somebody. Right. I was like furious at somebody for what they had said to me. And, and I'm actually, then I look around and I'm like, I'm just alone in my room meditating. <laughs> Shit. Oh, so God true. So true. Oh, yeah. Meditation definitely for me is part of the integrative skill set of dissolving into what is and connecting and recognizing that there is no difference between me and everything else. And Sam Harris's meditation is the best for me relative to helping me get there. I use this stuff a lot too. And I love a lot of the other uh, teachers that he has on his program. The whole everything is perfect and this whole relax and just breathe meditation concept where I'm like, if I can suddenly have this, I'm lost in my own thoughts, having a ego battle with somebody. And then I back out and realize I'm just meditating and I go, wait a second, everything is just perfect. And I can start to burn in this new pattern behavior and I start to burn in this concept. This is, this is the key to integration to me is I go, when I get triggered by something I've read 
because uh, some in a message or in an email or in the news or I encountered some situation in my life or I have a personal interaction with somebody and I go, ah, am I going to get triggered? And I go, wait a second, I need to relax and just breathe. I can become aware that I'm reacting and rather than observing and just being detached from what's occurring. And that to me is the biggest takeaway. Like my whole life has improved so much because I'm actually integrating this skill set of relax, just breathe, become self-aware, remember that everything's perfect, you're being held, all this is just love, and it's just loop after loop after loop. Yeah. And there's these true physical behaviors that we can use with, to help anchor those in so that deep breath in through the nose, exhale through the mouth, repeating that process. Th- those, to me, the, the whole concept of integration has to include physical reminders whether you've got them written on your wall you wear them in your hands put them on your skin make them part of how you act or how you sit even your posture like all these things are just keep anchoring it back home for ourselves yeah i don't know who said this but the quote of between impulse and response there is a space in that space lies our freedom So what you're talking about is a great example of how we access that space. And instead of emotionally reacting, whether in any way that we might react, whether it is in a personal relationship with ourselves in whatever way, we want to access that space. So I feel like what you're talking about, the mindset stuff that we're talking about, but the physical practice of grounding yourself in the breath when you feel triggered to give yourself access to that space, which allows you to then go, what is going on here? Self-awareness, which then allows you to make a conscious choice based on your values, not based on your emotional response. So yeah, fuck yeah. Hells yeah to that as an integration piece as well. Pin that one right there. Go (laughs) team. Fantastic. It's a good one to end on. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I'm busy scratching it down for myself right now because I'm like, I'm keeping that. That's a good one. (laughs) Well, family, we are so happy that you are always here listening with us. Thank you so much. Honestly, we, oh, I just, it, it means a lot to know that you're listening and to know that any of the effort that we are making is adding value to your lives. So please continue to join us, listen and share if you're inspired give it to someone, you know, share this episode with someone specific in your life. If something resonated more specifically for someone that, you know, uh, and you know, like comment the whole thing, trust the journey today, the socials, yada, 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 Jay, anything else? Supporting on Patreon is really valuable. We really do appreciate and it's really necessary to be able to, to keep this whole program on the go. Can't iterate that enough. It's really the only income stream that we have for this program. So if you're thinking about how can I support in a monetary way, that's the one I really got to say. It yep. really helps. Um super grateful for everybody who listens uh i'm gonna give a little share here to just wrap this up i ran some courses canopy piloting courses at the local drop zone here this past weekend and one of my students walked in on the saturday morning and he was like well i listened to your podcast on the way here on my long drive it had to drive many hours and he said and i had to pull over and cry on the way he's like i had to just stop for a minute and just Mm. have a good cry Uh. and it's just so 
emotionally connective to say, wow, thank you for both listening and for both sharing that experience that you feel in relationship to the stories and the experiences that we share. It just means so much and we have so much gratitude for you, our listeners and our friends and ultimately our family. We Thank love you. you, everyone. We love you. Yeah, for sure.